Today we're going to talk about a question that people should be asking themselves if they're not already. Does mindfulness really work? It's everywhere in business today. But does it really matter? What difference does it make? And if you don't know, mindfulness is a method of training your attention so that you can bring it where you want and keep it where you want. The data show, first of all, that we are a very distracted culture. 47% of the time, the average American adult reports that he or she is not paying attention to what they're doing. And the way they found this out was the iPhone app rang you at random times and asked you two questions. What are you doing now? What are you thinking about? If those don't match, your mind has wandered. Yeah. And the data show that even eight weeks of mindfulness training each week for a two-hour class and a few minutes every day is sufficient to actually produce a change. One of the big findings is that there's less mind wandering. Uh, and this makes sense because mindfulness is direct training in attention. And one of the major sources of distraction is emotional cues. We uh, pay attention to things that uh, are emotionally salient. Do you mean that email he sent me that got me so ticked off? Exactly. Oh. And then, then we reverberate. We keep ruminating about it after the email. I know. That was four weeks ago, and I was thinking about it at 2 in the morning. Yeah. So how does it work in the brain? Yeah. How does it work? Can you show so, us? Sure. So if this is the front of the brain, and this is the back of the brain, there is a big chunk of real estate right up front here that we call the prefrontal cortex. That's right behind the forehead, right? Right behind the forehead. And one of the amazing things about the prefrontal cortex is that if you look over the course of evolution, this area of the brain grows more prominently in humans than in any other species. So this probably has a lot to do with things that are characteristically human. In fact, it's called the brain's executive center. It's like the CEO of the brain. So this area of the brain has important connections to the emotional areas of the brain. We were talking about the source of distraction being emotion in many, many cases. And buried in the middle of the brain, sort of right around here, is a structure that we call the amygdala. Oh, yeah, the amygdala is the brain's trigger point. It's like the radar for threat, the fight or flight or freeze response, which are very primitive, but it happens in today's offices all the time. And so there is a direct connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala that we call the uncinate fasciculus. You remember the uncinate fasciculus? I don't think anybody heard of it. But... So this is the connection, and it doesn't matter what it's called, but what we find in the scientific evidence is that when we practice mindfulness for some period of time, it doesn't happen instantaneously, this connection is strengthened. And this allows the prefrontal cortex to modulate the impulses from the amygdala and to recover more so quickly. Modulate means the amygdala says, this guy's ticking me off. I'd like to slug him. And the prefrontal cortex says, just say no. It's inhibitory, right? First, you don't react as much. And then you recover more quickly, isn't exactly. that Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the recovery more quickly is really an important attribute of what we think of as resilience. Resilience is in many ways the ability to recover more quickly from adversity. So instead of ruminating about the email 
that ticked you off for, for several weeks after yeah. the email, you can come back down oh, and recover. Great. That's great them. news. It is yeah. great news. And we don't need anything other than our minds and training our minds to do this. So basically, mindfulness works in a couple of ways. Uh, it makes less wine wandering. It strengthens the prefrontal ability to say no to those like, I got to do it, impulses. emotional impulse. And it also helps us keep our attention on that one thing that's so important. So in other words, there are a lot of benefits. On the other hand, one of the reasons we wrote this book is there is a lot of hype. Mindfulness doesn't do everything that's been claimed for it. Emotional intelligence abilities, for example, need to be worked on more directly, but can be helped by mindfulness. It does do a lot of good things. We're recommending it, but we're not saying, we don't want to oversell it. Let's be rational about this. Edna is a great example. They disseminated a program for one year, and as part of what they did, they actually collected some very interesting metrics. Now, this was a program where mindfulness was one important piece, but there are other elements as well. It included some physical exercise, some nutritional diet information. They actually monitored healthcare utilization because this was Aetna and they had all this information on their employees and they found that on average the practice of mindfulness and these other strategies that were included in this intervention led to a reduction of $122 per month per employee. And when that adds up with tens of thousands of employees, it's an enormous savings. It's penny wise and pound foolish not to use this. Companies like Aetna have found that there is good ROI from the practice, that this makes sense for a company. So please try it.